Today, right now, I have a message that I am going to deliver to you today that God has given to me and dropped it down on the inside of me that he birthed this message in me that I do believe that this is a message that ties right in to these cycles of blessing. Glory to God. That's going to open the door for the cycles of blessing to truly have an understanding of how God operates with these cycles of blessing. Glory to God. And I want you to know I want to be blessed. How many of you want to be blessed? Glory to God. And today is Palm Sunday. You talk about Palm Sunday, you talk about Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and people were waving palm branches and they were shouting in the scripture that, that Pastor Davies read in the very beginning, they were shouting, save now, save now, save, Hosanna, Hosanna, save now, send prosperity now. Sin deliverance now. But you see, they thought that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government and was going to deliver them then. They had no earthly idea that he was about to deliver mankind, glory to God, and that he was about to set up some cycles that we could enter into that would bring about supernatural blessings to where the world would turn and say, how did you do what you are doing? Look at somebody and say, I believe that's me. Yes. Glory to God. Now, I, how many of you know 2 Chronicles chapter 20 says this, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe the prophet. I said, I believe the prophets. Now, I'm not just talking about the dead prophets. Boy, it got quiet on that one. Hallelujah. When I say dead prophets, I'm talking about, you know, Isaiah. I'm talking about the prophets in the Old Testament. I'm talking about the prophets in the New Testament. But I believe the prophet of God, and his name is Kenneth Copeland. And Kenneth Copeland said that 2019 would be the year of abundant harvest. Now, I don't know about you, you're never going to walk in abundant harvest if you're not in the midst of the cycle of blessing. All right, let's get some settled. Look up at me just a minute. This means amen. I said that means amen. amen. So if I put my hand on my ear, you say amen. 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 And if I put both hands on my ear, you shout amen. amen. So let's get that settled right now. So if I go, amen. good, you got it. Glory to God. But now listen, I believe the prophet. The Bible said, believe, believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. And I believe that Kenneth Copeland absolutely stands in the office of a prophet. And he's a prophet to the nation of America, but I believe he's a prophet to the world, but he absolutely is a prophet to the nation of America. And our president has his ear. I mean, our, our, uh, our, yeah, our president, Kenneth Copeland, has the ear of our president. Glory to God. How many of you know our leaders need the ear of a man of God? But anyway, Kenneth Copeland said 2019 was the year of the abundant harvest. And if we're going to walk in abundant harvest, we're going to walk in blessing cycles. And if we're going to walk in blessing cycles, then we're going to have to understand what it means to be a good steward of God. We're going to have to understand what it means to be, to walk in stewardship. So I want you to open your Bibles this morning, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to talk to you today and I'm going to minister to you about the principles of stewardship. But let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and let's look at verse 1. And it says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now look up at me just a minute. Now the, new, the, the King James Version says, Let a man so consider us as ministers, ministers of God. The word steward, the word um, servant there is the word minister. So look at somebody and say, good morning, minister. Good morning. 
Hallelujah. Do you know that every person in this room, every born-again child of God is a minister? You are ministers. Hallelujah. You are a minister. But look at what it says that it must happen. He said, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ, or let a man so consider us as ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, the word steward there is the word which means an overseer. Somebody say oversee. It's a word which means a manager. Say manager. Steward is the conducting, listen to this, steward is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something for someone else. Hallelujah. See, a steward is a manager that manages something for someone else. A steward is a minister that oversees someone else's goods. A steward is a manager that, that, that supervises, oversees, and manages what belongs to someone else. A steward is not an owner. A steward is a manager. A steward is not an owner. A steward is an overseer. A steward is not an owner. A steward is a, is a supervisor of that which belongs to someone else. Now look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It is required. God said it is required in ministers or it is required in those that oversee the goods from some, for someone else. It is required that that steward be found faithful. Do you know the word required is not a suggestion? I said, do you know the word required? It's not a suggestion. In other words, God is not suggesting that maybe if you would like to, maybe if you want to, maybe if you can, you know, you feel like it, maybe you'll be, a, maybe you'll be faithful about being a good steward. No, he said it's required. That's a pretty strong statement. But then look at the rest of it. He says it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Do you know, Pastor, what that tells me? that one be found faithful? Is it there's going to come a day when somebody's a look? That what, what it means is one be found faithful. That means somebody's looking. Somebody's watching. Somebody's keeping a, a record. Somebody's keeping tabs on your, on your stewardship. Hallelujah. And you know who it's not? It's not the pastor. Hallelujah. It's not me. Glory to God. And it's somebody else. But somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, somebody. somebody. No, 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 no. I said, say it this way. Somebody, somebody. is looking. looking. They're watching. watching. Your stewardship. stewardship. Woo! Hallelujah. Somebody's watching. And so that means then that we must understand if we're going to be good stewards, in other words, we're going to be good supervisors, we're going to be good managers, we're going to be good overseers of that which God has entrusted to us, then the thing that we must realize is that I feel like that what God has dropped down in my heart is then we in the body of Christ have got to understand the, the, the four principles of stewardship. So I want to minister to you right now over the next few moments the four principles of stewardship. The four principles of stewardship. Glory to God. Now, the first principle of stewardship, you need to write this down. You need to make note of this. Please do not forget these principles. But number one, if we don't understand number one, if we don't take hold of number one, number two, three, and four aren't going to do us any good. But number one, the very first principle that I want to talk to you about this morning is the principle of ownership. The principle of ownership. Now, we are stewards. We just saw that in 1 Corinthians. Am I correct? I said, am I correct? Yes. We just saw, saw in 1 Corinthians that uh, we are ministers. 
We're servants of God, and if we are ministers and servants of God, then we be stewards. We are stewards. And he said that we, we are stewards of God. And if we are, then if we are stewards, and a steward is one that manages, a steward is one that oversees, a steward that one, is one that supervises, then we've got to find out who is the owner. Who, who has the ownership of what we are stewarding? So go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. And let's look at it in the Amplified Bible, if you have the Amplified. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14, and I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. And it says, Behold, the heavens and the heaven of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth also with all that is in it and on it. Hallelujah. The heaven, it says the heavens belong to God. So how many know the heavens belong to God? How many know the heavens belong to God? Amen. When you look up that first heaven and we're looking at the sky, we're looking at the clouds, we're looking at the stars, we're looking at all that we can see, that belongs to God. Then it says, not only does it say that the heavens belong to God, but it says that the highest of heavens belong to the Lord your God, or the heavens of heavens belong to God. So that's above that heaven. That's where, uh, that's where God's throne is. That's where those that you... that loved ones that have gone on to heaven that's where they are right now that belongs to God hallelujah but now look at this and it said the earth belongs to God Woo! the earth belongs to God so I'm from North Carolina United States of America North Carolina from the south your, your pastor and I talk a lot alike we say y'all Hallelujah. But now listen, North Carolina belongs to God. Now there's a lot of politicians in North Carolina that don't know that yet, but we do, glory to God. Listen, Kenya belongs to God. Hallelujah. The earth belongs to God. Can you say amen? But now look at this, and it said with all that is in it. All that is in the earth. So every seed that is put in the earth belongs to God. Hallelujah. Every plant that's in the earth belongs to God. So, oh my God, I'm about to get excited. Woo! It belongs to God. But now look at what else it says. And everything that is on it. Are you on it? Look at your neighbor and see if they're on the earth. Are you on the earth? Say, it, say I'm, on the earth, I'm on the earth, therefore, therefore I, belong to God. I belong to God. Let me ask you another question. Is your finances or is your money on the earth? Yes. Is your money on the earth? Yes. Well, guess what? Who does it belong to? God. I said, who does it belong to? Does, is your house still on the earth? Yes. Who does it belong to? Does your business, your business still on the earth? Who does it belong to? Hey, hey, is your, is your spouse still on the earth? Who do, who do they belong to? Are your children still on the earth? Who do they belong to? Is your church still on the earth? Who does it belong to? Hallelujah! So we have to understand. But I can tell you right now, pastors, I can tell you that so many people in America, I'm talking about born again, spirit filled, tongue talking about tongue, foot stomp, pew jumping, hand waving believers in America do not understand ownership. They still think they own it all. They still think they own everything that they've been blessed with. But we got to understand, we just read out of the Word of God that it all belongs to God. How many of you know we want out of the mouth of two or more things, let, let a thing, out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let a thing be established? All right, let's look at Psalm 24. For you legalists that have to have another scripture, I think I'll give you one more. Look at Psalm 24. It said, the earth is the Lord's. Psalm 24, verse 1. I forgot to send them my notes so they don't have it, so it's my fault. It's not their fault. 
Hallelujah. I thought I did, but I didn't. You ever thought you did something and you didn't do it? Tell the truth in church. How many has ever thought you did something and you didn't really do it? Am I the only one here? Okay, move right along. Look at this. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and they who dwell therein. So what does this say? The earth belongs to God. Amen. Amen. What else does it say? Everybody, are you still dwelling in the earth? So who do you belong to? Glory to God. But now listen, ownership did not begin when God wrote Deuteronomy. Ownership did not begin when, when the Psalms were written. The ownership of the earth and the ownership of mankind and the ownership of everything on the earth, in the earth, above the earth, under the earth, all began in the beginning. Hallelujah. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the earth. God created all living creatures. He created all the trees. He created everything. We all know that. And then he, and he created this garden. And then who else did he create? He created Adam and Eve, created he them, male and female, created he them. Are y'all with me? So God now is the owner and he's created the garden. And in the garden, he's placed everything. He creates Adam. He creates Eve. He breathes into Adam uh, the breath of life. And Adam becomes a living soul. Then he tells Adam, here's what I want you to do, Adam. I want you to be a good minister for me. Now, these are my words. These are not in the King James original text. He didn't say that. What he said was, I want you to guard. I want you to keep. I want you to watch over. Uh, what does that sound like to me? That sounds like a steward to me. Sounds like to me, God said, Adam, I want, I'm going to put you in this garden, and I want you to steward my garden. Hallelujah. He said, now listen, Adam, every tree in this garden, it's given to you for food to eat. You can eat of every tree in the garden. Every one of them, you can eat of it. But this one tree, everybody say one tree. But this one tree, Adam, that is mine and you cannot eat of it. Do not eat of that tree. Now, Adam and Eve, as you know, were in the garden and obviously... There were, they had been used to talking to serpents. <laughs> Are y'all with me? I mean, obviously they'd been used to talking to the animals. Obviously the serpent was, I mean, the, I mean, Eve was not afraid of the serpent when the serpent came up and started talking to her. Now if a serpent comes even, if I even see one, we ain't going to have an opportunity for a conversation. Are y'all with me? If I see a snake, I'm not waiting to see if he's going to speak to me. If he wants to talk to me, he's going to have to do it real loud because I'm gone. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? So obviously there was not an issue with them communicating with the different animals. There was obviously not an issue with them talking to one another and talking to the serpent. And then y'all know the story. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You know the story. The serpent came up and he said, hey, hey, Eve, how you doing? How you doing? Now, he may not have really started out that way, but wouldn't you start out that way? Good morning. This morning when y'all greeted me and others greeted me, he said, hey, how you doing? So the serpent comes up starts talking to Eve, and, and the serpent starts telling Eve, says, uh, why don't you go on and eat of that tree? Go ahead. Go ahead. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. God said we couldn't eat of that tree. And then she made a statement. She said, God said we couldn't even touch that tree. God didn't tell him not to touch it. He just told him not to eat it. So you got to understand the word. And then he says, but go ahead. Go ahead. You know why God doesn't want you to eat of that tree? Because God knows the moment you eat of that tree, you're going to be like God. You're going to be like him. Well, now wait a minute. Eve should have shouted back and said, now wait a minute. You, you idiot. You, you, you wait a minute. I'm already like God. I mean, that's what she should have said. She said, what do you mean? Be like God. I'm already like God. I mean, come on now. 
They were created in the image of God. So they were already like God except in one thing. <laughs> they were already like God, created in his image. They were spirits. They had a body. They were living in this earth. They were, create, they were, they were clothed in his glory. They were naked and didn't even know it. They were already just like God except in one thing. Ownership. They were stewards. Now the devil didn't say this. The serpent didn't say this. But I want you to hear this. I think what he was sitting there saying. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. You'll be an owner. You don't want to just be a steward. Go ahead. Partake of that which doesn't belong to you. And you were told not to do it. Go ahead and eat of the fruit. You'll be like God in ownership. Do you know how many Christians today want to be the owner of all of their stuff? Do you know how many Christians today want to be owner of all of their thoughts? They want to be the owner of their decisions. They want to be the owner of their, of their steps. They want to be the owner of their future. Go ahead, take the fruit. Go ahead, take a bite. You'll be like God. So what did Eve do? Eve saw that the fruit was good. Listen, good stuff will pull you right away into ownership. Good stuff will draw you away from God's stuff. Good stuff will draw you out of the spirit real quickly. Too many, you know most Christians are tempted with good rather than being tempted with evil. She saw the fruit was good. There are a lot of good things that are not God things. Can you say amen? But she partook of the fruit and then guess what? She gave to her husband. Adam took of the fruit and he ate of it. And the Bible says, y'all know the story. The Bible says their eyes were open and they saw they were naked and God came in so they hid themselves and, and, and they, they covered themselves with fig leaves and then God shows up. God said, Adam, where are you? And Adam didn't answer. God knew where Adam was. He said, Adam, have you eaten of that fruit? God knew Adam had eaten of the fruit. He was giving Adam an opportunity to repent. But what Adam did was he started the blame game right there in the garden. He started blaming his wife. His wife started blaming the devil. And you know, Christians still blame one another many times for their own actions. Are y'all with me? But now listen, here's what happened. I want you to hear this. They partook of the fruit. We all know the story. What did God do? God came in and said, all right, this is what's going to happen now, Adam and Eve. We're going to have to put you out of the garden. We've got to put you out of the garden. And I'm going to put an angel in front of the garden if, to keep you from coming back in. And now, not only that, the earth is going to be cursed. And so now, here's what you are going to have to do. In the future, you're going to have to sweat, toil, and labor Listen to this now. Because, Pastor, listen. Because they wanted to be an owner and take what God set aside for himself that was not any of theirs, because they wanted to be the owner of it, they now, God says, you're now going to have to work, sweat, toil, and labor to get, oh, hear this, hear this, church, you're now going to have to labor, sweat, toil, and, 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 and be burdened down. You're going to have to work hard to get what you already had. That's exactly how I felt when the Lord spoke it to me. See, they were already had all the food to eat. They already had the fruit of the ground to eat. 
They already had everything at their disposal. But now, because they wanted to be the owner rather than a steward, now they're going to have to sweat, labor, and toil to get the fruit now, to get what they already had. Church, when we partake of the tithe, when we partake of the offerings, when we say, this is mine, I earned this. No, this is mine. And we'll give a little here and give a little there. And we'll just give what we want to give rather than realizing everything I got belongs to God. I'm in this earth. I belong to God. My clothes belong to God. Everything I got belongs to God. My house belongs to God. My whole, everything I got belongs to God. And if God wants to, me to give it to somebody else, then I'm nothing but a steward of what he's already given me and he's got a cycle he wants me to step into, then I've got to realize I don't own it and I want to hold on to it. Can you say amen? amen? So the first thing we have to settle is who owns your stuff? Who owns you? God speaks to you, tells you to. You know, the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, Pastor Carla talked about it. It says, will a man rob God? They said, what do you mean rob you? And they said, you robbed me in tithes and offerings. <laughs> do you know that a thief does not steal from himself? Are y'all with me? So God is saying then, if you keep the tithe, oh, please hear me. If you keep the tithe, if you keep the offerings, and you don't step over into being a tither and an offering giver, not just giving every now and then, but being a tither and an offering giver, then you are robbing, you're stealing. Why? Because it belongs to God. It's not ours to decide to keep. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at some folk that sit in church for years and hear all about giving, but yet they never give. I'm amazed. I had a pastor on staff that I found out. I checked his tithing record. I found out he thought he was the owner of everything. He was being blessed by the church standing on the platform receiving tithes and offerings, and yet he himself was not tithing. He would give a little here and a little there. Now he is no longer a pastor. Now what is he doing? He's sweating and toiling and laboring for what he already had. See, you will always sweat. You will always toil. And you will always labor to try to get ahead when you think you're the owner rather than the steward. I don't know. I know what Pastor Carla just said a moment ago. Same exact thing happened to Susan and I. When we got saved, we became givers. That instant, nobody told us to tithe. Nobody showed us about tithing. As a matter of fact, the church we went to also that we started going to after we got saved, the church we went to, they, they didn't even believe in tithes and offerings. You know, give if you want to. But boy, we started tithing. We started giving offerings. Why? Because we were two, we were 200, we were a quarter of a million dollars in debt. But I gave my way out of it. Why? And I didn't realize this principle then, but I found out I was I was not an owner. I'm just a steward. I'm just a steward of what God has blessed me with. Can you say amen? amen? So the first principle that you've got to take hold of, church, is the principle of ownership. The principle of ownership. The second principle that you need to take hold of this morning is the principle of responsibility. The principle of responsibility. Owners have rights. Stewards have responsibility. 
You need to write that down. Owners have rights, but stewards have responsibility. A steward doesn't have any rights when it comes to the things that he's stewarding over for the owner of those goods that he's stewarding. Hallelujah. Do you know people all over the world right now are fighting for their rights? But what we need to recognize in the church is that we don't need to be concerned about our rights. We need to have an understanding about our responsibilities. See, Pastor, the promises of God to the children of Israel. The promises of God to the children of Israel was not based on their rights. The promises of God to the children of Israel was based on their stewardship or, if you will, their responsibility of hearing and obeying His voice. That's what, they had a responsibility. They, they had a responsibility to hear and obey the voice of God. What does it say? Hearken, if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, you will be blessed. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. See, do you know that the only thing that I believe that true pastors like yours really desire for our congregations, for those that call us their pastors, the only real heart, I mean the only really th thing that I just have in my heart that I, I pray about and I call out to God is, and that is that every person will become a good steward of the voice of God. If you'll become a good steward of the voice of God, are you hearing me? If you'll become a good steward of the voice of God, then you, you, will you will understand what God wants you to do with your gifts. You'll understand what God wants you to do with, with, your, with your resources. You'll understand what God wants you to do. See, there, there, see, God wants us to be a good steward of our time. Hallelujah. He wants you to be a good steward of your time. Pastor talked about it. There are three types of time in the Word of God. There's A-Y-T time. A-Y-T time. A-Y-T time. A-Y-T time. That's the 24 hours we have every day. Are, you, are we stewarding that properly? I mean, I can remember the different times that God jerked the slack out of me. That I would be, I mean, I, I would be so tired, I'd be so running, doing so much, and, and then I would not study properly. I'd go home and turn on the television, and I'd sit and watch TV for hours upon hours, and just watch it. I mean, sometimes I would watch it, Pastor, and I had it on mute. I didn't even hear it. I didn't want to hear it. I just wanted to see something. I just wanted to lay there. Nobody talking to me. Nobody pulling on me. Nobody wanting anything from me. Let me just lay here and watch somebody else get beat up. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? But you know what? I can remember the morning that I got up and the Lord had been dealing with me about it. I got up that morning and I remember it as plain as if it happened two minutes ago. We were living in Lassiter Road and I remember the Lord just came upon me and all of a sudden I turned to, and I was living under guilt. I was living under, I was condemning myself because I was wasting my AYT time. I was wasting, I was not a good steward of my time time. Do you know how many people are not good stewards of their time for God? God owns your 24 hours a day. We don't. Come on now, talk to me. And I turned to 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 and I read it out loud, I read it out loud, I read it out loud and all of a sudden and I knew that scripture, y'all. But all of a sudden, it was revelation. I jumped up off my sofa, and I ran around my sofa, and I just ran around my sofa, and I just had me a little church meeting right there on the spot because I realized I don't have to live in condemnation. Glory to God. All I got to do is repent and walk forward, but make a turn and turn around for this and turn and say, all right, God, you own my 24 hours a day. I will... How, my responsibility now is to listen and hear and let you direct my path. Glory to God. That's what you do. And then the second time your pastor talking about it is Moed time. 
Moab, we have a responsibility. If we will steward our 24-hour, our AYT time, then God will set up these Moed moments for us that will take us to another level and that will take other people to another level. Are y'all with me? And then the third time is Elam time. E-L, I mean, excuse me, Olam time. O-L-A-M. Now, these may not be the correct pronunciations. They are the correct spelling. But O-L-A-M time. That's eternity. That's time in eternity. See, we've got to recognize that while we're here on this earth, we have a responsibility. A responsibility as stewards to steward our time and to steward our gifts and to steward our resources that God owns it we are the steward of it and that it will affect eternity can you say amen, amen. hallelujah do you know the Bible says I said this the other day but do you know the Bible says that where your treasure is that's where your heart will be do you know the Bible says that when you give, when you are stewarding your resources and you are giving, then the Bible says that you are laying up a treasure in heaven that will last forever. You're laying up a good foundation. What did Jesus say about foundations? Jesus said foundations are, is what determines uh, the quality of the structure that we will have. Glory to God. Foundation is what determines whether it stands in the storm or doesn't stand in the storm. So as I am a good steward of the and I'm a, I, and I understand the principle of responsibility that I'm hearing God and that I'm, I'm being a good steward of my time, I'm being a good steward of my resources, I'm being a good steward of my gift, and I am responsible to it for God. He owns it. He's directing my path, and I, as I obey Him and follow Him, I'm laying up a good foundation, glory to God, not just for while I'm on the earth, but for when I get to heaven. Amen. Can somebody say amen? See, too many members of the body of Christ today are not too concerned about eternity. They don't think about eternity enough. You know, that I don't think I've told this here, but there was this garden, this multi, 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 multi-millionaire. I mean, he was so rich. I mean, he could have been a billionaire, so wealthy. And, uh, and he lived in this huge home, and he had a gardener. And he had a gardener that worked for him. And this gardener was such a humble man. This gardener was a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. And this gardener was constantly talking to him and loving him. But this billionaire would take advantage of him. The billionaire would have him redo projects that he'd already done right, but he'd change his mind and have him redo it, and then he wouldn't pay him anymore. But the gardener was just so loving and, and just so forgiving. Now, the billionaire was a born-again Christian. And uh, I mean, but he treated this gardener with, with, with such content, contempt, and he treated him in such a bad way. And then it just so happens, it just so happens, just happened, they both die at the same time. And they go to heaven. And when they get to heaven, they are greeted and they're carried, and, and, and they greeted at the gate, and they're getting ready to carry them. Jesus is going to carry them to their mansion. But he says, we're going to carry the gardener to his mansion first. And so when they get to the gardener's mansion, now the, the billionaire lived in a, you know, about a 20,000, 25,000 square foot home on earth. But when they got to the gardener's mansion in heaven, it made the billionaire's home on earth look like, look like a little bitty, little bitty place. It was huge, magnificent. And the billionaire's thinking, oh my goodness. If this is the gardener's mansion, oh, I can't wait till I get to mine. Come on, can we go to mine? Come on, can we go see mine? Oh, oh my. I mean, he's getting so excited, he can't hardly stand it because the gardener's mansion is that huge and that big. And, and he just can't hardly wait till he gets to his because he knows his is going to be phenomenal. So they go and they walk along and they turn down this path and they walk up in front of this little bitty 
Now, I know that there's not any of these in heaven. Bear with me. Amen. Little bitty run-down shack. I mean, it's just pitiful looking. And Jesus is saying, okay, here, here you go. And the, guard, and the, man, and the billionaire said, ah, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus, wait a minute. Jesus, wait a minute. We just, we, we just left the gardener's mansion, and he had this huge mansion, and, and, I, and he, why, 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 why is mine like this? Jesus said, we built with what you sent us. Come on. He said, we built with what you sent us. So what did he say? He said that when we are flowing in stewardship and we understand the principle of responsibility and the principle of responsibility is that we hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God and that when he tells us to go here, we go. When he tells us to do this, we do it. When he tells us to give this, we give it. And when we do, we, he said we are laying a foundation for a treasure in heaven that will last forever. So my question is, what are you sending ahead? Are y'all with me? The third responsibility. The third responsibility is the principle of accountability. So the one is the principle of ownership. The principle of ownership. We don't own anything. God owns it. When I got revelation of this, you know how much it set me free? to be concerned about. I'm not concerned about giving. I'm not concerned about anything. Lord tells me he wants it. It's his. He can have it. I mean, he belongs to him anyway. Can you say amen? amen? And then the principle of responsibility, the responsibility is to listen and obey. That's the principle of responsibility. And then the principle of accountability. Now look at Matthew chapter 25. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 25. And look at verse 14. Matthew chapter 25 Verse 14, you know every one of these scriptures. I'm not giving you anything new. And it says, for the kingdom of heaven, <coughs> excuse me. Okay, on three, we're going to all clear our throats together. Okay, so on three, we're going we're gonna to clear our throats. And some of you are looking at me, but that's the corporate anointing. And the corporate anointing will work. So on three, one, two, three. <coughs> See, that worked. Hallelujah. Thank you. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Now look up at me just a minute. It says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is like the kingdom, Jesus is telling a parable here. You know, some people have heard, well, you can't talk about Matthew chapter 25 because the owner is an evil man and he reaps where he doesn't sow. You can't, he's not comparing the man to God. He's giving a principle here that we've got to have an understanding of because he starts it out by saying the kingdom of God is like. So we can learn from this, under, we can have understanding here. So let's read on. And he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a foreign country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Who are the servants? The servants are ministers. Who are the servants? The servants are stewards. And he says, look at verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one, to each one according to his own ability, and immediately went on a journey. Look up at me just a minute. Every one of us, every person in here has talents according to our ability. We have the principle of accountability based on what we have, not based on what someone else has. Can you say amen? amen. Let's read on. 
Verse 16, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. I've heard people preach on this and say, talents there meant gifts. Talents there meant your ability. I believe Jesus wanted to make sure that there was no misunderstanding in what he was talking about because in verse 18, he said, his Lord's what? Oh my gosh, come on. It's okay to say money in church. See, I love preaching on money. I don't preach on money because I want it. Hallelujah. I preach on money because it's a cycle of blessing that is necessary to have an understanding who owns my money. Hallelujah. I'm not going to step into these cycles of blessing if I don't have the principle of ownership understood that God owns my money. Yeah, but I worked 80 hours last week to earn that paycheck. Well, praise the Lord. That job you got, God owns that too. Hallelujah. You're working for God. Can you say amen? And then not only do I have to have the principle of ownership and understand God owns my money, it's his money, and then I got to have the principle of responsibility so that I have an understanding that if God tells me to do something with my money, then I've got to obey what God tells me to do with my money because it's his money. And right here it says that it was whose money? Whose? Say it again. Whose? The Lord's money. So it wasn't this guy's money that he gave it to. But look, it says here, it says that that the goods and talent, they equal money. Hallelujah. Look at verse 19. After a long time, after a long time, after a long time, after some time, after, I don't know when, but sometime. After a time that we were not aware that that time was coming. After a long time. Now, long time to me, long time to you, long time to God are all different. God's long time, my long time are not the same. I don't know what long time is. But I do know long time coming. Come on now. I don't know what long time is. I don't know when it is. But I do know that it is. Oh, y'all hear me? I do know that what, let's read on. And it says, after a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. Oh, my. Jesus is given a parable about what? The kingdom of who? The kingdom of heaven. He's given an account. He's given a parable about the kingdom of God. He's given, an, he's given a parable about a principle in the kingdom of God. And the parable that he's given is, I gave one man five according to his own ability. I gave another two according to his own ability. I gave a man one according to his own ability. And after a long time, I'm coming back to check it out and see how they understood ownership. I'm also coming back to check it out and see how they understood responsibility because I'm about to step into uh, an accountability cycle. <laughs> you didn't hear that one. I'm about to step into an accountability cycle. Are y'all hearing me? Now look at this. And it says, after a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. The King James Version says, after a long time, the Lord of these servants came and, uh, and came to reckon with them. See, there's a day of reckoning. Whether we realize it or not, there is a day of reckoning. Can you say amen? Look at verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more besides them. In other words, he used what he had for increase. And then his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Well done. Look at somebody say, well done. Do you know there's only one other place in the scriptures that the words well done is used? And that's in the scriptures where it involves money again. And that's where, where the churches in Macedonia gave to Paul. And, and it, Paul said, you, you, were, you, you, you done well. Or you, were, you, were, you entered into well doing. Well doing. Glory to God. Are y'all with me? So look at this. It says, well, well done, that good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Look up at me just a minute. Money is a few things. Money is the least. How I many you know the Bible says if you can't be faithful with unrighteous mammon, how can God trust us with true riches? There's so many Christians today in America. I'm certainly not talking about you. I, I'm talking about Christians in America who, who want to prophesy. They want to see visions. They, they want to have God talk to them. They, they, want to, they, want to, they want to be spiritual and just flow and just be so spiritual, but yet they're not faithful over the least. They're not faithful in the small things, in a few things. See, money means so much to so many people. Do you know that in America, there are a lot of poor people who are caught up on money? Do you know the Bible says that we are not to trust in uncertain riches? But in America, there are so many poor people that trust in uncertain riches. Are y'all with me? Listen, if we are not going to utilize our funds, utilize, listen, this is granddaddy talking. Are y'all with me? This is granddaddy talking to my grandchildren, wanting you to realize that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not an American gospel. Prosperity is not an American thing. Prosperity is not a foreign thing. Prosperity is not a government thing. Prosperity is not a natural thing. Prosperity is the kingdom of God thing. And it's a principle that you and I, if we can take hold of the fact that God owns everything we got, God owns me, God owns my time, God owns everything I have, and that my responsibility is to listen and hear, let him tell me what to do with it, and as I'm doing that, there's going going to be a reckoning day. There's going to be a day he's going to come and he's going to look at me and say, hey, 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 well done. Come on, enter into the joy of my Lord. Come on, enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well done. You've been faithful over a few. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Hey, I'm getting ready to make you rule over much. But we'll never be ruler over much. You'll never own the company. You'll never rise up in leadership in the company. You'll never get raises and promotions. You'll never get out of where you are if we're not faithful with what we have. See, listen to this. He gave one man five. Oh, I got to hurry. He gave one man five. He gave another man two. He gave another man one. Are y'all with me? According to what? According to their ability. The man with five doubled it. Jesus said, this is the day of reckoning. Okay, good. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You were faithful over a few I'm going to make you rule over much. The man with two did not have what the man with five had. See, so many times we look at what someone else has and we say, if I had what they had, then I could tithe. If I had what they had, then I could give offerings. If I had what they had, then I could enter into that blessing cycle. But I don't have it. Do you know? How, are y'all with me? And the man with two, what did Jesus say? I mean, the man with two said, look, Jesus, you gave me two. Hey, I've taken the two and I've made two more. 
He said, what did he say? Enter in. Come on, help me out. What did he say? Come on, well done, thou good and faithful steward. You've been faithful over a few. I'm going to make you rule over much. He said, enter into the joy of the Lord. He got the same reward that the man with five got. Hallelujah. So it is not a matter of you got more than I got, I got less than you got. No, it's a matter of the principle of ownership, the principle of responsibility, and I'm responsible for what I got, not what I wish I had, but what I got. Then in the day of accountability, I'm going to hear the same thing, that somebody else had got more than I got. When it, are y'all with me? has nothing to do with how much. has nothing to do with the amount. But now listen. The man with one came to the, his, his master. He said, sir, look, I was afraid. I was in fear. I was afraid. So you know what? I didn't want to lose what I had. So I hid it. I didn't want to lose what I had, so I held on to it. Do you know how many Christians today, Pastor Carla, Pastor Davies, do you know how many Christians today, in America especially, give according to what they don't have rather than giving according to what they do have? You know what I mean by that? In other words, they're sitting here, and they've got X amount of dollars. And the tithe needs to come out of that X amount of dollars. But over in this hand, there's X amount of bills. Once they subtract the tithe from the X amount of dollars, then the X amount of bills outweigh the dollars that are left. And so rather than tithing off of what they have, they look at what they're facing, what they don't have, are you with me? They don't have enough to pay these to begin with. Now here they are, and they got what they got in their hand, and they don't want to tithe up of it because of what they don't have. And so they make a decision on their responsibility. They make a decision on their ownership based on what they don't have rather than what they do have. And when they make a decision based on what they don't have rather than what they do have, then now they're going to have to go out and toil and sweat and labor to try to get what God wanted to give them to take care of what they didn't have. Oh God, I hope you hear that. I hope you understand that. Listen, when my wife and I got saved, we were a quarter million dollars in debt. We had bills out of a failed business. We, we couldn't, we couldn't, we never could get a picture made you know, a, a portrait made of our family because our kids were hungry and every time Patanka would say, say cheese, they'd get up to get a piece. Hallelujah. They were looking for something to eat. Glory to God. Are y'all with me? I mean, we were so far in debt, but yet we made the decision. We didn't know this principle. I did not know the principle of ownership. But I made a decision God owned it. Well, I didn't have much for him to own. <laughs> I wasn't doing a real good job of what I had, so let's let him see if he can do anything with it. Are y'all with me? But I'm telling you right now, my wife and I tithed. We gave offerings. Every opportunity we could get to give. One time I had to write an IOU because I didn't have any cash. I didn't have any money in the bank. I couldn't write a bad check. So I had to write an IOU. And then I had to believe God for the money to honor the IOU. I wrote an IOU to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for $100. But I had to believe God for the $100. So I got the $100, and the first $100 I got after I wrote it, I sent it to Kenneth Copeland. I got a hundredfold return on that $100 gift. Hallelujah. But why? Because I was not giving based on what I did not have. See, when you look at your bills 
and you look at all that you've got facing you, and then you look at your finances, and your finances don't match your bills, and you decide not to be a part of this new cycle we're entering into. You decide not to be a part of this first fruit offering. You decide not to be a tither and an offering giver. Then what you are doing is saying, Lord, I'm afraid. Lord, I'm afraid. I'm going to hide what I have so that I don't lose it, so that I can try to keep what I got. And then what happens is now you're going to have to work two or three jobs to try to be to walk in the blessing that God wants to give you when you realize he owns it. Somebody say amen. amen. Glory to God. So the first principle is the principle of ownership. The second principle is the principle of responsibility. The third principle is the principle of accountability. Now I could preach more on that, but I, I, I believe you got my point. How many of you know, look at your neighbor and say, there's a day coming. Say it, say it with a little more enthusiasm. Look back up and say, hey! Hey, hey, wait a minute. Look at your neighbor and say, hey! There's a day coming! There's a day coming. And it's not Pastor Carla that's watching. It's not Pastor Davies that's watching. It's not Granddaddy that's watching. Somebody's watching. Just like Jesus sat in the treasure, looked down at all of them giving. Here comes the little widow. Jesus said, wow, she gave more than they all. Why? He's watching. He loves our praise and worship. He inhabits it. He does. But what blesses him is what blessed me a moment ago. See, all these people coming up here, dropping in the basket, dropping in the basket, dropping in. Now, I don't know what was in your envelope. I don't know if in your envelope was just a little bit you want to just tip God. I don't know. I don't know. That's not me to concern. I'm not concerned about it. That's, your, that's up to all of us. When I give, you can't be concerned about what I give. But I can tell you this. There's a day of reckoning coming. And he's going to look down at us. And I believe we're entering into a, as Pastor Carla said and as Prophet Copeland said, I believe we're entering into the time of abundant harvest for those that understand the principle of ownership, that understand the principle of responsibility, and that understand the principle of accountability, which leads me to the fourth and final point, and that is the principle of reward. <laughs> Woo! God is a rewarder! Hallelujah! I don't know about you, but it just blesses me to know my God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder of those that continually sow. He's a rewarder. Of, are y'all with me? Our God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. I mean, don't say anything else today. Our God is a rewarder. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Knowing, do not grow weary. Hallelujah. Why? Because whatsoever a man sows, you're going to reap. Hallelujah. Maybe you haven't reaped yet, but guess what? Don't you quit sowing just because you haven't reaped yet. Why? God is a rewarder. And it's cycle, it's blessing cycle time. Hallelujah. And if it's blessing cycle time, then it's rewarding time. These rewards come more than just money. Rewards come with just more than money. You can sow money, you're going to reap money because the seed produces after its own kind. But when you are a, when you understand the principle of ownership and the principle of responsibility that you hear and you obey, and then you understand that there is an accounting time. God watched you hear. He watched you obey. There are times in my life in the past that I used to wonder, when's that day coming, Lord? I'd like a little reckoning right now. Okay? And one year, listen to this. One, I know i got to stop, but I, listen, this is granddaddy talking, all right? But listen to this. Do you know, one year God spoke to me in January. January. He said, every meeting you are in this year, 
Every service you're in, I want you to write a check for this amount. I said, what? Every service. We had three services a week. He said, every service. And then, not only that, I was, I was, every time I turned around, I was in a church service. I thought, who, who made me come to this service? <laughs> I didn't even want to go. And next thing I know, I'm in church again. Next thing I know, I'm in church again. In May. That was January. In May. I, I'm in another church. And I realize I'm in service. I got to do what God said. I went back to the hotel that night. I said, God, can we have a talk? I said, in January, you knew how many services I was going to be in this year. And I said, and you told me to give this amount of money in every service unless you told me to do something different. And I said, and I've been doing it. I said, I, I need a little response on the giving. I need a little reaping here. Can, can you, do you understand that I've obeyed your voice? Do you understand that I've done what you told me to do? And your responsibility to me is to honor your word. So I, it would really be nice, you know, if you do that. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you. June. Listen to this now. June. The first week of June. I drive in my driveway, open my mailbox reach in and pull out our mail, lay it on the seat of the car, go to the house, get out and put it down and all of a sudden it was like the Holy Spirit just pushed this envelope out from under the bottom. And I looked at it. I know what a check looks like in an envelope. Got that window on it, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how here, but and, and I opened that thing up. Woo! Woo! And listen to me. There was a cycle, of a cycle of blessing that started right then that has continued even until this day. That was five years ago. And it's continued. And do you know why it's continued? Because I understand the principle of ownership. I understand the principle of responsibility. Listening and obeying. I understand that there is a day of reckoning, and it is going to come. I am going to rejoice over it. God is watching and hold me accountable. But I also understand that my God is. I said, 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 my God is a rewarder. Somebody lift both hands and thank him right now. Father, I lift up every person here right now. I thank you for the seeds, Father, that they have sown. I thank you for the tithes and offerings they have given. Father God, I thank you that today, for every person that has been battling, been, cha been challenged with tithing and offering giving, been challenged with who owns all they have that is settled today. I thank you today, Father, that we are entering, as their pastor said so beautifully, entering into a cycle of blessing. Now, Father, just like you started that cycle with me of reward, I'm coming before the throne of grace on behalf of every person here, that you will start that cycle now. This week, this month, you will start that cycle with them and bring in that abundant harvest. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.